Manx Radio Sport. Very good evening to our listeners on Manx Radio AM 1368. I'm Rob Pritchard and welcome to Saturday Sport Classified with your latest roundup of the football and rugby results across the Isle of Man today. We'll start with the football fixtures. We have, of course, had the GH Collingwood's quarterfinals alongside league fixtures. We are still awaiting a couple of results, I should add, before we go into the results. So if you can, please text any of these results that are awaiting into us on one double six one double seven. As it stands, the classified results for Saturday the 25th of February in the Manx Footballing Divisions are as follows. Starting with the GH Corlett Woods Cup quarterfinals. Governors Athletic, nil. St Mary's, nine. Ramsey Youth Centre Old Boys and Jim's awaiting result. Foxdale, three. Braddon, one. After extra time. Michael United, one. Castletown, five. In the Canada Life Men's Premier League. Russian United 2, St George's 0. St John's versus Laxey awaiting result. Douglas Royal 3, Douglas High School Old Boys 2. Union Mills 4, Moraine 1. Air United 2, Onken 2. Ramsey 3, Corinthians 1. In DPS Limited Division 2. Douglas Athletic 2, Colby 2. In Canada Life Combination 1. Laxey versus St John's awaiting result. Douglas High School Old Boys versus Douglas Royal awaiting result. Moraine versus Union Mills awaiting result. Onken 1, Air United 1. Corinthians 1, Ramsey 1. DPS Limited Combination 2. St Mary's 10, Michael United 3. Castletown versus Jim's postponed. Braddon 0, Ramsey Youth Centre 3. Colby 1, Malou 6. And in the Northwest Counties Football League Premier Division, Presswich Hayes 1, FCL of Man 0. Those are your classified football results so far. As I mentioned just a moment ago, we are still awaiting some key results, particularly that remaining one of the quarterfinals of the GH Corlett Woods Cup, as we are planning to do the live draw for the semi-finals on today's show with Tony Meppham. So any of those outstanding results, if you do have them, please do send those in to us on 166-177 or get in touch with Tony Meppham directly if you can. OK, so uh, let's bring him in for the first time this evening. It's been a raft of different fixtures across the board. So uh, Tony Meppham, very good evening. Good evening, Rob, and uh, it's nice not to have to race down the bowl, is it? And uh, do an FC Alaman game as well, because uh, it's usually uh, ding-dong. But uh, yeah, some interesting scores coming in today and uh, a few little changes in the league positions as well. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, start then with the GH call at Woods Cup quarterfinals, which took centre stage today. 1.45pm kickoffs for those, of course, taking into account the likes of extra time and penalties if required. We'll start with Governors Athletic versus St Mary's. Now, uh, these two sides in Division 2 occupying completely opposite ends of the table. Governors struggling at the bottom. St Mary's roaring away at the top at the moment. And uh, this cup fixture went to the form book, didn't it, Tony? St Mary's convincing winners by nine goals to nil. Yeah, comfortable win in the end. And uh, I know Carl... Uh, Hunter was all uh, sort of set up, ready for his team. He thought he uh, had a good side out today, pretty well full strength. But, um, you know, St Mary's a, a really good uh, class outfit and it proved today. Ty Thompson got a couple of goals. Uh, Tar Pumsai got two as well. Owen Canaper, Jamie Skillen, uh, Joe Burquist and uh, two for Chris Asprey. So a comfortable result uh, for St Mary's in the end and they go through into the hat. 
We are now getting a couple of extra results through. Thank you so much for sending those through. We'll come to those in just a moment. Uh, one of those we are still waiting on as well, as we mentioned, for the Cup game. We don't have that just yet between Rams Youth Centre and Gyms. That's a very important one. If we could get those results through, that would be hugely appreciated. And as we speak, the Manx public has responded here. So it looks like it is finished. Rams Youth Centre 1, Gyms 2. Harry Wilson and Kieran Horrocks with Jim's goals and two assists from Sam Liver. And uh, Ramsey Youth Centre, apparently, according to this message, um, let themselves down, but Jim's battled hard and got the result there. So Ramsey Youth Centre 1, Jim's 2, Tony. The other results in the Woods Cup. Great timing, that, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm glad we checked that one because uh, the information we had, it was 2-0-2, Jim's, uh, and we just wanted to make sure with the scorers and everything. But uh, from what I'm hearing, Dylan Parrish, had a really good game for Ramsey Youth Centre, but uh, couldn't score the goal that they needed. Uh, we've got uh, Jim's there just really battling towards uh, the bottom half of the table, but today that'll give them a massive lift. Uh, as you say, Harry Wilson got one goal, Kieran Horace got the other one, and it's Jim's who got into the hat. Absolutely. Then we move over to Billy Goat Park. Foxdale versus Bradden. Intriguing tie this, and uh, this went beyond the 90 minutes, didn't it, Tony? Foxdale coming out on top, but they had to work for it, didn't they? They did, and um, my thanks to Alan Lemaire for keeping us posted uh, with the information. And I've got here Foxdale v Braddon. Uh, Braddon were 1-0 up at uh, half-time. Kevin Pullman equalised uh, for Foxdale in the second half. Then it went into extra time. 1-1 at half-time in extra time, and Jason uh, Chalmer scored two in the space of five minutes to win it for Foxdale. Very even game in the 90 minutes, but Foxdale deserved it in extra time. So it's Foxdale go through. Great game over there, and then many eyes will have been on this other Woods Cup quarter-final up in the north of the island. Second and third in Division 2, two sides really trying to hunt down St Mary's at the top of the division. We we wondered which way this might go, and this might have surprised uh, a couple of people here between Michael United and Castletown. Castletown coming out on top and on the scoreline. It looked a bit dominant, didn't it? Castletown winning by five goals to one. That's a statement, that, isn't it? It certainly is, and uh, Castletown will be buzzing. And It was uh, Liam Kane who got the goal for uh, Michael, but uh, Castletown, uh, four goals, all from Michael, individual errors. This is from Michael and mistakes. Michael, first half, the better side, but missed chances. Half-time, it was 1-0 to Castletown. Uh, so, uh, I think, yep. Uh, second half on uh, Michael, own goal. A quick third from another mistake. Made the game out of reach for Michael. Disappointing game, but we go again. Lessons learned. So the goal scorers for Castletown. Edson De Silva, he got uh, two. Joel Callow uh, got his name on the score sheet. Fingal Watterson and that own goal as well. And just to recap, Liam Kane it was who got the goal for Michael. Obviously, they progress Castletown in the cup, but uh, I suppose going into the rest of the league, does that have a bit of a psychological edge, a game like that? Or does it not really, do you think going to affect Michael United too much they've had such a good season so far they've had a good season and when you look at uh, the league tables uh, the top four sides um, you know it's St Mary's Michael second Braddon third Castletown fourth uh, there's a lot of game differences between them because um, Braddon have only played um, what is it now uh, 12 Castletown have only played 11 but uh, St Mary's have played 14 uh, 35 points it is for St Mary's 28 for Michael uh, Braddon are on 24 and Castletown are on 23. So it's all to battle for. I know Ramsey Centre just below them, but they play 14-4-23. So to me, it's between Braddon, Michael, Castletown and St Mary's to get in top four. And then wherever the rest goes, Rob, we'll have to wait and see. There's still plenty of games to go.
It's a belting lead, this one, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is. And uh, when you look today, you know, Jim's against uh, Ramsey Youth Centre. Jim's a ninth, and they've only got 11 points uh, on the board. But uh, today they had a great performance, and uh, Ramsey Youth Centre, 10 points, 12 points ahead of them. So it's a really good uh, lift for them. Uh, I know they couldn't field a combination side today due to a lack of players, but they got the result they wanted, and they go into uh, a semi-final of uh, the GH call at Woods Cup. Tremendous. Absolutely. Well, uh, I did mention just before we went into more of the Woods Cup fixtures there that we did have a couple more results in from the league games today. Thank you very much for texting in. It concerns two games between St John's United and Laxey, so they are as follows. In the Canada Life Men's Premier League, it finished St John's United 3, Laxey 1. And then over in Canada Life... Canada Life Combination, absolutely correct. Canada Life Combination, while it finished, Laxey nil, St John's United 7. Thank you very much for sending those in. So uh, just as a reminder, before we start going through the results, there are still a couple that are outstanding. If you could send them in, that would be fantastic. Just uh, two left by my reckoning here. So uh, if we do have a result for Douglas High School Old Boys versus Douglas Royal in Canada Life Combination 1, and then Moran versus Union Mills, also in Combination 1, we'd be very grateful to get those results in. Okay, well, let's take a look through the results we do have. We'll start with the Canada Life Men's Premier League. Two of the in Form sides in the division meeting at uh, Croyt Lowy today, Russian United and St George's. St George's will have been hoping after their recent run of good form to be continuing their march up the table, but they've been halted today by Russian United, who continue their good form. They've won today by two goals to nil. Yeah, I don't know what uh, influence it had on the game, but uh, it doesn't help when you get a player sent off, and that was uh, Carl Henson for uh, St George's. He's just come back from a ban, I think, so um, he does like these uh, red cards, but it was uh, Aaron Hawley uh, the star today. He scored the opening goal on 65 minutes, and then he got his second of the game on uh, 77. So a terrific result for Russian. It's just a shame, isn't it, Rob, when you look back at the league table and the results and everything at the start of the season, if they'd uh, sort of had the results that they're having at the moment, then they could have been right up there because obviously with Corinthians dropping points uh, uh, today, it's just sort of fallen into Peel's lap. But, you know, today, another terrific performance by Russian. Very well, and then we move on to uh, the game that we've actually just been told about. Um, St John's United beating Laxey by three goals to one. Do we have any further details on scorers at the moment? Tom? I haven't, but I don't think it's a very happy uh, Peel manager, uh, Laxey manager, sorry, because uh, I just asked him what the score was. He said we were losing 3-1 with 10 minutes to go. So uh, it says it all. It uh, affects people in different ways, but... Uh, for St John's, it's another three points uh, for them. Uh, they've played uh, 15 now for 24 points and they move ahead of Laxey in that uh, league. But if you can text us through the scorers, please, 166-177. We have actually just had another result sent in to us from Combination 1. Thank you very much. So it finished in Canada Life Combination 1, Moran 4, Union Mills 2. So, Tony, I think you can scribble away that one in the next uh, couple of moments as we move on to the next fixture that came up in the Canada Life Men's Premier League. Douglas Royal hosting Douglas High School Old Boys. Two teams in that tight amount of teams at the bottom end of the Premier League at the moment. Really very little to choose between them and Douglas Royal and Douglas High School Old Boys among that mix. And a big three points today for the home side. Douglas Royal just beating Douglas High School Old Boys by three goals to two at Bala Fletcher. Yeah, Michael Fitzmaurice just saying that it was two teams who just clawed at everything to try and get the win because uh, they're both battling towards the bottom of the table uh, but it's Royal who got the three points uh, Jamie Agnew with one of the goals Simon Dooley and James Clark haven't got the Douglas High School Old Boys scorers so if you could please text us through 166177 but uh, Old Boys certainly at the bottom of the table play 14 now for nine points Douglas Royal a little bit of a daylight uh, starting to appear above them now they've played 16 uh, so only eight games to uh, go 
for 14 points. So they're starting to drag themselves away. And uh, with Onken just getting one point uh, today, they're still down in that danger zone. You said that from some of the comments there, that both teams, they, they went at it, they were tenacious, they went out there to win. And sometimes when you see games between teams toward the bottom of the table, it can be quite cagey, no one wants to give up too much ground. But the fact, but by the sounds of it, at least from what we're being told, the fact that the game was uh, was pretty open, both teams went at it, that's an encouraging sign for both sides. Even though Douglas High School Old Boys on the wrong end of the result today, that will surely fill them with a bit of confidence that they've got the fight to continue. Well, they're ticking away and they're not getting uh, sort of beaten by many. And, you know, odd goal today and, you know, right the way through the last two or three games, uh, they're not far away. I watched them in the uh, cup game against Peel and I thought, good display. But it, it's just like anything, it's on the day. When you look at Douglas Royal, they've definitely got players there for the future, so they need to develop them. Uh, but at the moment, um, it's been tough going for them. And, you know, James Clark has always scored goals uh, for Royals combination, but he's been given the opportunity in the first team and he's scoring them now. Simon Dooley will weigh in with the ones. And Jamie Agnew is a good player, so it's not uh, all doom and gloom for Douglas Royal. But the important thing for them today was to get those three points and they've got them. Just had a message through regarding the um, St John's and Laxey game that took place. It was actually delayed by 40 minutes uh, due to an injury to uh, Nathan Kelly of St John's. Mm -hmm. So hopefully nothing too serious there. Wishing Nathan Kelly all the best with that one. So the game did get back underway. Um, St John's scorers from that game. uh, Callum Taggart with two. And then uh, Jammer with one. Penalty. Jamie Crook, I think it'll be. And I haven't got the uh, we haven't got the goal scorer for Laxey, but it was a penalty to Laxey right, as okay. well. That one as well there. So thank you very much for texting that one in as well. And we do have another result that has come through from uh, Canada Life Combination One, the final one that we were waiting for between Douglas High School Old Boys and Douglas Royal. So in Canada Life Combination One, that finished Douglas High School Old Boys two, Douglas Royal one, and we'll come to that in just a moment. We'll turn our attention then back to the Canada Life Men's Premier League and up at Gary Moore, Union Mills hosted Moran, both sides capable of good things in this division but sometimes just can't quite find the consistency. Union Mills, though, convincing winners today by four goals to one. Yeah, and a terrific result for uh, Union Mills and I think uh, on my maths that puts them in their second spot now so well done to them and today it was uh, the damage done in the uh, first half because uh, Luke Booth with a couple of goals, uh, Tyler Hughes got one and an own goal but it was 3-1 at half time. We haven't got Moran's goal scorer. Then we move to the North of the Island, Andreas playing fields, Air United hosting Onkern and Maybe a bit of a surprising result to some, but a very good uh, result for the visitors, you'd probably say, in the grand scheme of the season so far. A 2-2 draw up north. Yeah, Ethan Levers uh, got one of the goals for Onken. Good young player. James Cruz uh, got the other one. Not too sure who got uh, Ayers two goals, but uh, as you rightly say, it's an important point for them because uh, Onken are 12th. Uh, they played 13 now for 11 points. And when you look at uh, Air United, who played 16 for uh, 20, so a bit ahead of them. Uh, so that's a good performance by Onken today. It's always a big trip up to air and it's a big trip back down. So uh, they haven't come away empty-handed. And the important thing for them, if they're just picking up the odd points, it puts them in a better position and try and get them away from the bottom of this table. And the final game of the Canada Life Men's Premier League was at the Balaclone Stadium between Ramsey and Corinthians with Peel up at the top not having a game. It was a chance for Corinthians to claw back some ground. They've got a few games in hand to try and catch them, but they've been pegged back today, Tony, by a brilliant Ramsey performance. Ramsey winners on home soil by three goals to one yeah, against Corinthians. Great result that for uh, Ramsey and uh, got a little bit of a report here. It was uh, Ramsey v Corinthians Premier League. Half-time score was Ramsey 2, Corinthians 1. Full-time Ramsey 3, Corinthians 1. Scores were for Ramsey. I think he got the first one, Darren Tartar. Uh, Chris Duggan got uh, 2-1, a solo game 
Um, well done to uh, Chris Corinthians, uh, Josh Ryden it was, who got uh, a goal from the penalty spot after 27 minutes. Referee Stuart Neen and the two linesmen did well, as well did uh, Ramsey's young goalkeeper, Eamon McKeenan, with uh, three one-on-one saves uh, all in the first half. So uh, Ramsey on top in the second half, and it was a real good performance by Ramsey, so well done to them. Uh, Corinthians for them is is that a bit of a setback? They still have those games in hand to try and catch up to Peel, but uh, will that feel a bit like a, an, an opportunity missed, or would it just be full credit to Ramsey on the day for a brilliant performance? I think it's two. It's a uh, opportunity missed, and also credit to uh, Ramsey. You know, Corinthians to me are the only team that could sort of uh, keep in touch with uh, Peel. I know Union Mills now have gone into a uh, second spot. That they've played eighteen games, um, as where Corinthians have only played fourteen. And you get games like that. And, you know, Ramsey a good side. I saw a good battle last week with them against Onken. Uh, but uh, Corinthians can't keep uh, slipping up. Peel didn't play today. So the league table now looks like Peel played 17 for 42. Then we've got second place, Union Mills, who played 18 for 31. And then in third place, you've got Corinthians, who've only played 14 games for 30. So if they won their uh, three games in hand on Peel, that will put them three points behind. So there's still a good battle to go, but... You know, Ramsey have kept themselves in touch as well. They've played 17 now for 28 points. So, uh, you know, it was a good uh, sort of fight going on in there for that second, third place. Absolutely. Well, we move on to DPS Limited Division 2. Most of the Division 2 teams, as we know, were uh, tied up with the Woods Cup quarterfinals today. But there was one league game in the division today between Douglas Athletic and Colby. And that finished all square, 2-2, Tony. Yeah, disappointed uh, for Colby, really, because I think they thought that they were going to win this one. Athletic, uh, though, put in a good performance. That puts them on nine points now. But Lee Ford, uh, one of the uh, stalwarts for uh, Douglas Athletic, uh, getting a couple of goals. Carl Hickey, uh, back from uh, injury, he got a couple of goals for Colby. So good battle, point shared, 2-2. And then we move into the combination divisions. We'll start with uh, Laxey versus St. John's. And, uh, well, just like, I suppose, the first team as well, it was uh, all smiles for the St. John's combination team. Big win today at Laxey by seven goals to nil. Yeah, good performance by them. And thanks to Mark Thomas and everyone else who's uh, got the score through to us, Liam, as well. But uh, the goal scorers today, John Hagedon got one. Uh, Lewis uh, Taylor, Kieran Brock uh, got a couple of goals. And Liam Sale was the star. He got a hat-trick. They're moving on uh, between Douglas High School Old Boys and Douglas Royal. Old Boys, the winners in this one, uh, managing what their first team just couldn't quite do today. They got three points today, the combination side, beating Douglas Royal by two goals to one. Yeah, good uh, win that for Old Boys. And uh, haven't got the goal scorers, Rob. Anything come through? No. Old Boys two, Douglas Royal one. And then uh, Moran versus Union Mills. Union Mills, the victors uh, between the first teams. Uh, Moran, the victors in the combination face-off. Moran winning by four goals to two. And that's the Im- all the information I've got, unless you've got something come through on the. Nothing just at the Nothing? moment. So, uh, okay. Yep. Any any scorers from uh, Moran versus Union Mills? Thank you to uh, who did text uh, that score. And if you do have any scorers, please do send them through as well. One double six, one double seven. Moving on, uh, we go to Onken versus Air United. All square between both sides. One one. It finished. Dylan Bridges, it was who got the goal for Onken, and I'm not too sure who got the goal for Air United. And just as in that game, the scoreline was the same. In the other, in uh, combination one between Corinthians and Ramsey, a goal apiece there as well, point shared. 1-1 one, one at half-time, so uh, not a lot to brag about in the second half. I'm sure there was efforts out there. Danny Oram it was who got the goal for Corinthians. We haven't got Ramsey's goal scorer. Very well, and then we move into DPS Limited, combination two. Uh, the early kickoff. Uh, all games were usually due to... Uh, 
as always, really, uh, kickoff at 2.30pm across the leagues. This was a slightly earlier kickoff of 1.45 between St Mary's and Michael United and uh, St Mary's uh, a commanding win for them today into double figures in this game today. They beat Michael United by 10 goals to three, Tony. Yeah, going really well on the start today. Rob uh, McGinn, he got uh, four goals. Uh, Kieran Smith got three. Uh, Michael Doyle with his name on the score sheet. Uh, Barry Chandler uh, got a goal as well. Uh, not too sure who scored the Michaels goals. Uh, the Castletown v Jim's game that was uh, postponed we found that out um, I, I believe it was last Jim's, night wasn't yeah. it Tony that uh, Jim's informed the FA that they wouldn't be able to get a, a team out today so uh, what w- the points will they go across to uh, yeah. Castletown then points are awarded to uh, Castletown no goals uh, you can't award goals but no. um, it's one of them it happens and uh, I think a couple of people or a couple of teams have been caught out with half term because uh, uh, it's you know, it finishes, uh, if you like, tomorrow. They're all back at school on Monday and their uh, parents and everyone else take the chance to go away and it can leave the team short. So that game postponed. And then we move on to Braddon versus Ramsey Youth Centre. Ramsey Youth Centre, good result for them today away at Braddon. They've won by three goals to nil. That's a great result and they were 2-0 up at half-time. Uh, Leighton uh, Ballard, he got a couple of goals. Ryan Quigley uh, got the other one. 2-0 at half-time, 3-0 at the end. And the final game in DPS Limited combination two today between Colby and Malou. And uh, Malou convincing winners today by six goals to one. Yeah, Malou keeping in uh, touch at the top of the table. Uh, they're um, in second place. Yep, Ramsey Centre still uh, top. It was uh, 1-6. I haven't got uh, Malou's goal scorers, but for Colby, it was Toby Hudson. I do have Malou's goal Go scorers here. So we had uh, a hat-trick for uh, Dean Kinley. And then from the message that came through, we have goals for Geordie, Brandon and Kieran Krippner as well. Those are the only details I've got. But thank you very much for sending those details through. Well, we will have the uh, GH Call at Woods Cup semi-final draw live here on the programme in a few minutes' time. But we will turn our attention to the moment of the NWCFL Premier Division and FCL of Man were unable to make it three consecutive wins for the first time this season today. A close game between themselves and the informed Presswich Hayes over at AD Moran Park and a late sucker punch for the Ravens. An 87th minute header from a corner from Presswich Hayes, Matthew Davies, meaning that FC Alavman, despite a positive performance, have left Lancashire today empty-handed. Well, after the full-time whistle and after today's late defeat, I caught up with FC Alavman's interim manager, Paul Jones, to get his thoughts on the way the game panned out for his side. We were excellent um, for large parts of the game. Um, first half in particular, we controlled we controlled the play both with the ball and when they had the ball as well. You know, we were very very good. Maybe didn't quite create some the clear cut opportunities our play deserved, but we were excellent. In the second half, we you know we were playing kind of against the wind a little bit more, and um, they were playing a little bit more direct and. Maybe we didn't quite get up the pitch into their half quite as often as we could have done or keep the ball in that area. But really, they, they didn't threaten our goal at all. Um, so it is very tough to take, really, to come away having lost that game when, you know, on, on seven out of ten other games, it would have been a we'd have scored a couple in the first half and, and gone away and won the game. And, you know, on the other games, it, the other three, it would have been a nil-nil. So, you know, we're... We're just very disappointed, but there's a lot of positives to take. You know, Sean Doyle's come back and played an hour today, which is excellent for the club. And um, there's lots of other players that got some good minutes. And, um, you know, we're we're building some good performances. And, you know, on a different day, we we walk away having won the game or at least got a point. But, you know, today we have to take our medicine and, and move on. How are the players feeling about that? It's been a good couple of weeks and then a late defeat there in a game that you maybe feel you could have got more out of. How are they feeling about the result? 
you know, all of us are disappointed and not particularly happy at this moment in time. But, you know, over the next few hours and days, we'll reflect on on what we did really well. And there was an awful lot of positives to take from today's performance in terms of the structure and the the, the shape and the intensity to how we played um, on a pitch that's a little bit more conducive to playing football. I think, you know, we would have done a lot better in the attacking half of the pitch. But um you know, there's lots of positives to take and, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to let us wallow in the disappointment. I didn't say too much after the game. It needs, we need to hurt. We need to be unhappy with not winning a game of football, but at the same time, we've got to focus on, on what we've done well and, and we'll, we'll, fo- we'll definitely focus on that ahead of Tuesday's session and, and take that into our game on Saturday against Winsford. Paul Jones there, the interim manager of FC Alabama after that late defeat away to Prestwich Hayes this afternoon. We've just had another message in just to uh, let us know about the game between Moran and Union Mills in uh, Combination 1. And Tony, we have a couple of scorers, don't we? We certainly do. Dale uh, Beaton got uh, two of the goals. It was Alex uh, Marley who got one and Joel uh, Neal who got the other one. So they're the four goal scorers for Moran's victory, 4-2 against Union Mills. Excellent, and thank you for that message, bringing that in. So, uh, uh, Tony, just going quickly back to um, FC Isle of Man, they're uh, a sucker bunch, really, three minutes from the end in a game that uh, what seemingly, as uh, Paul Jones said, that they were right in, there was nothing to choose between them and, and undone by a set piece late on. That, that'll hurt that one, won't it? Well, it will because uh, you're playing, uh, what are the seventh, I think it was, Presswich, and I just thought to myself, you know, this is going to be a real tough afternoon. And they, they competed so well, uh, the chances they seem to have, uh, there was plenty throughout the game they were creating but it's always that horrible thing where you think you're going to get over the line it would have been a bonus point for them and unfortunately they conceded uh, right towards the end and they come away with nothing but uh, it doesn't matter because the way I look at it the pro- performances have improved and playing against one of the top sides they've only just been beaten 1-0 so they'll take something from that and on top of that Presswich Hayes they were 3-0 winners at the bowl all the way back in September while FC Alamance still and probably still are adjusting to the challenges of this division so do you think that shows progress then in a head-to-head between the two sides of course you do see uh, players chopping and changing across some of these other teams in the in, in the UK at times the transfers in and out it's a pretty regular thing but to be coming up against a side like that that's been really consistent and uh, only just beaten by a set piece this time compared to a 3-0 loss at home uh, do you think that shows a good amount of progress? Yeah, I think it is good progress. But when you look at it, Rob, it's so hard to predict results in that league because when you look at a team, we don't know them as well as the other teams who have been playing there for quite a while. So you look at it and you go, well, looking at Winsford, yeah, down towards the bottom and -and so-and-so up towards the top. And, uh, you know, they're they're coming out with the maximum points, which is heaping more pressure on FC Isle of Man. But I suppose it makes it interesting. It doesn't help uh, FC Isle of Man in any way because it's heart attack material. But they're still putting performances in. And even though this year the results haven't gone their way, we've watched a lot of the home games over the last two years. And they're they're still there. They're still chipping away. They're they're playing good football. And it's just, it's not necessarily luck, but it's just the tide will change somewhere along. They've started to get more experienced players back. Sean Doyle's back. Mikey Williams is back. Frank Jones is back. You know, defensively, they've looked pretty solid. Matthew Quirk played his second game back uh, today. James Rice can't be far away. But in saying that, Ben Wilkinson's done a tremendous job. So it's got to be a tough decision for Paul to make when he has to, to uh, change his team around. But uh, at the moment, they're in a good place. And just uh, quickly before we move on, looking at their next two games, next Saturday, Winsford United, one of the teams around them at the bowl next Saturday. And then in midweek after that, Longridge Town away from home, uh, another team around them. So um, do you think there's 
a lot of emphasis on those two games or do you think there's still plenty of football to be played to increase that cushion away from the relegation zone as it stands? Those two are important games, Rob, and they're teams that are around them and they need maximum points out of them because uh, if they don't get it, they're putting more pressure on them. Now, games are starting to run out and when you look at the running that uh, FC Man have got, uh, there's a tremendous amount of tough fixtures in there against the top two, te- top two, top three teams, I think, they've still got to play. Uh, so we'll wait and see, but yeah, win next Saturday, be a massive plus for them, and then get one midweek. It makes that uh, early start when they have to get up the following morning all worth it when they've won the game and got the three points. So fingers crossed they'll do it. We'll see in seven days' time when FC Alabama welcome Winsford United to the bowl next Saturday. Well, we're sticking with football for the moment. Before we um, hear from uh, Dave Christian on the rugby side of things in a few minutes, it is now time to bring you the draw for the semi-finals of the GH Corlett Woods Cup. So, Tony, just for those who may have just been tuning in in the last uh, couple of minutes, could you tell us who's in the hat? We certainly can, and let's just uh, recap the results. I won't do the scorers, but uh, Governors Athletic against St Mary's. St Mary's won 9 0. Ramsey U Centre 1, Jim's 2, so Jim's going to the hat. Foxdale, it took extra time to beat Braddon, but they've done it. Three goals to one. And in the other game, the big game, the two of the top sides in Division 2, Castletown came up 5 1 winners. So in the hat, we've got uh, St Mary's, Foxdale, Jim's, and Castletown. You've got the four balls. In front of you. I have indeed. If you can put the four teams out of their misery, please, and do the draw for the GH Call at Woods Cup semi-finals. I can indeed. Let's get this underway then. So the first out of the hat is number four. Number four is St Mary's. And they will play number three. Number three is Jim's. And for the second semi-final, at home is number one. Number one is Castletown. They should be playing. And so that means, here we go, just about found it there. We'll play number two. Number two is Foxdale. So the draw for the GH call at Woods Cup semi-finals to be played on 25th of March, I think it is. Uh, number four was St Mary's. We'll have a home tie against Jim's. And Castletown will play at home against Foxdale. Which is the standout tie of those? I mean, they're all they're all pretty close at the moment, aren't they? Well, you, you have to go on league tables when you look at uh, this. St Mary's are top, have played uh, 14 for 35, as where Jim's are ninth, who've played uh, 12 for 11. Um, so you'd say St Mary's, and the way they're playing, and let's face it, Rob, they've done brilliant this year. You know, last year they weren't in the league, neither teams. They've got two teams in, they're both battling towards the top of the table, and just everything about the club has uh, just all come back. It's all controlled, they're all driving at uh, the best thing for the club, and that's to try and get promotion and some silverware. Castletown against Foxdale, as we looked at today, Bradner, one of the top sides, Foxdale have disposed of them in extra time, so they'll have a right good goal at Castletown, but Castletown are in the stride at the moment, aren't they? But they do have a tendency now and then to slip up, as we've seen already. And I think they slipped up, was it against Braddon? So uh, it just gives you a pointer of, of where this one might go. But to me, when it comes to uh, Good Friday and the final, I think you'll see St Mary's against Castletown. Very well, Tony's uh, put his hat in the ring as to who I might have. be there at the moment. I but have. you never know, do you? So uh, if you missed it just a moment ago, the draw for the Woods Cup semi-finals is St Mary's. will be at home to Jim's. And Castletown will be at home to Foxdale. And uh, Tony, just for a bit of clarity, do we have an idea of when these games might be played yet? I think it's uh, the 25th of uh, March, Rob. Uh, this will go on because, um, you know, when Easter comes in, what's well, 6th, 7th of, uh, 
uh, April, so we need to get those games out of the way. We've got a cup game that we need to get out of the way next week. The ECAP FA Cup uh, first round game still not being played, and that's uh, Corinthians against Braddon. So that will go ahead next week. A couple of uh, fixtures will have to be postponed. Clubs have been informed of that one, and then uh, hopefully. Uh, the following week, the 11th, we'll have the uh, four quarter-final games and then we get the semi-finals and the final done for that. One final question. Uh, we've come back to it a couple of times. Just nice to get, a, I suppose, a bit of an update from the, the clubs and the players' perspective sometimes. In terms of the um, fixture congestion, still trying to work through some of those postponements. Uh, where, where are we at with games that need to be rescheduled, still have to be played? How are things looking at the moment from the FA side? Well, as you, you come through the Cup games, and uh, not next week, but the week after the 11th, it gives you an opportunity to get uh, some rearranged games on. But at the moment, it's a struggle because it's fully gone. But as the Cups progress into the semi-finals, then you've only got uh, four teams uh, sort of playing, so it gives you a chance to organise some others. But um, we'll be hitting the night games as soon as the light allows us, and we've got uh, to try and get... Well, we have to be done for TT because, you know, pitches are used for camping and everything else, so it's going to be a right hard push towards the end of the season. But we've been there before, we've got it done, and uh, the clubs will be informed of rearranged fixtures as they're going to happen. Fingers crossed everything gets sorted. Well, Tony, pleasure as always, and we'll be catching you, up with Rob. you very soon indeed. OK, we're going to move things on to rugby now. We'll be speaking to Dave Christian in just a moment. But first off, let's bring you the classified results of the Isle of Man rugby fixtures that have taken place today. And they are as follows. In the regional to Northwest, Vale of Loon 37, Douglas 14. In the women's NC1 Northwest, Chester Divas 34, Vagabonds 27. And in the Ravenscroft Manx Shield playoff, Ramsey 73, Southern Nomads 12. Your classified rugby results for Saturday, the 25th of February. Well, he's been waiting very patiently, chomping at the bit to get his word in. Uh, we'll now cross over live to uh, Manx Radio's rugby correspondent, Dave Christian. Dave, very good evening to you. Yeah, good evening, Rob. Good evening. Okay, so first off, Dave, um, just taking a look at Regional 2 Northwest, Vale of Loon and Douglas. This was predicted to be quite a, a tight game. Douglas in a, a decent run of form as well, up against a good Vale of Loon side, but just not quite able to uh, keep up the pace today. Beaten by 37 points to 14 out in Lancaster. Yeah, game of two halves, Rob, as, uh, as the old cliche goes. Uh, Douglas couldn't get the travel out of their legs. We're 32 nil down at half-time. Uh, after the... Uh, a biblical half-time speech, probably from Coach Phil Kringle, who was playing himself. Uh, they got their skates on and uh, won the second half, 14 points to uh, seven, but uh, it just wasn't quite enough. Uh, Don't be disappointed with that, uh, to be close in the second half, but uh, being absolutely battered in the first. Uh, the two tries for Douglas, one from John Dutnall, the other from uh, player coach himself, Phil Kringle. Uh, both of those converted by Luke Highland, but uh, I think they took a good, strong side away, and they'll be disappointed with that result. But uh, onwards and upwards, I think next week uh, it is a home fixture for them. And uh, my memory serves me correctly. It's against Winnington Park, who are below them in the table. Great opportunity for Douglas to pick up some points. OK, and then we move on to the uh, women's NC1 Northwest. Uh, a battle of second v third out in Chester. Chester Divas second in the league. Vagabonds, a very good third in the league, having a good campaign. Close between these two sides, a battle of Fletcher a few months ago and uh, Chester Divas just snatching the game on that day and they've done it again today. But Vagabonds certainly put up a fight today, a positive performance from them. Vagabonds beaten by 34 points to 27, Dave. 
Yeah, the, it was three points, I think, the difference. 2017 at Bella Fletcher. Today, it's seven points, but uh, there'll be a bonus point, I think, in that for Vagabonds, at least. And uh, they won't be too perturbed. Uh, they've got Halifax twice and Lee Ladies to come. And if they pick off those three games, uh, there's an opportunity for them still to finish second. But uh, that result today will give the advantage to Chester Divas in the table. Uh, tries from Vagabonds today, one from Haley Coots. Uh, hat-trick from Jules Harrison, the human battering ram that plays in the centre for them. And uh, a try as well from Sophie Henry. Uh, they'd moved her into the front row today to cover for uh, absent players. And I uh, thought that might stifle her a little bit, but Sophie's very big ball carrier for them. And uh, well done for her for picking up a try. Uh, Sammy McDonald with a conversion for Vagabonds as well, but uh, uh, not all doom and gloom. 34-27, like I said, I think there's at least one bonus point in there for them. So uh, they'll take that on the chin and move onwards and upwards. Very well. And then we move to the one game that was taking place domestically today. That was the playoff for the Ravenscroft Man Shield. Now, of course, uh, Dave, you'd already pointed out that this um, this competition was uh, halted a few weeks ago because of a, a number of teams having to give away walkovers and the Ravenscroft Manx trophy was set up in this cluster format. But the Manx Shield coming back in because of the two teams that were up at the top and then it was decided that these two teams will have a playoff to decide who wins it. And those were Ramsey and Southern Nomads to put their two teams out. Ramsey emerging winners in this playoff and convincingly so by 73 points to 12 today. Yeah, I've got a score correction there. Uh, I think it was my wonky eyesight. Uh, it was 79-12. Not that that makes too much difference, I don't think. Um, and sadly, neither team have been able to provide me with any score or information, so that's great for your timing. Uh, but uh, pretty poor show by those pair. Uh, the results, well, 79-12, I think it was 50 points to 7 at half time. Uh, Ramsey totally in charge. Uh, they had what's pretty much a full-strength first team out. And I know from uh, a message I got from Nomads coach Casey Davies last night, uh, Nomads were struggling for players today. And I think they were last week as well, to be fair. But uh, uh, the Manx Cup, not too far away now. It's Ramsey, Southern Nomads, Vagabonds and Douglas, all first teams. That gets underway, I think it's the 18th of March. And uh, that's a good marker there for Ramsey for their form for the competition. But, uh, yeah, comprehensive win. Ramsey take a little bit of silverware home. Boys will be pleased with that, and I'll give them a rollicking when I get home uh, just to uh, remind them about getting the scores in. Well, bear that in mind, Dave. Thanks very much. Just uh, one more question before we let you go. Um, obviously, today saw the Ravenscroft Manx Shield wrapped up for this season. The Manx Trophy's been taking place pretty much to replace it, this cluster format to get more play, uh, more players in to try and allow more games to take place, people getting more time out on the pitch. We've got the Manx Cup coming up, but uh, do you feel in the months to come or maybe toward the end of the season there might have to be maybe a, another little look from the committee at how the local competitions are going to make sure there's something consistent on the table going into next season? Yeah, for sure. And it's very difficult to organise a competition that ticks everyone's boxes when you've got a large gap in playing standard. Uh, Ramsey and Southern Nomads, the two uh, stronger sides uh, in the competition, but at the other end of the competition, you've got like Western Vikings and Castletown who uh, sometimes struggle from week to week. And to find a competition format that suits everybody is incredibly difficult. Uh, so the organisers will have a little bit of head scratching to do. Uh, we don't know as yet next season whether Vagabonds will be entering the English Clubs Championship. Uh, if they don't, that would help domestically because we've got another team into the mix. And uh, going forward... It's, it's difficult to plan out what the season might look like. 
Uh, we know that there's uh, a County Cup competition that will start in August, probably uh, August 2023. Um, Ramsey and Southern Nomads will definitely be interested in that. Potentially Vagabonds too, depending on what their league ambition is. Their league season obviously not been going so well and uh, the league below them, if they were to be relegated, uh, is going to be uh, well, it's going to be a little bit messy for them. I think there's only eight teams in it at the moment, and there have been several walkovers in that level as well. So if any of those eight fall away, then that league will melt into nothing, and uh, Vagamons might be forced to uh, have a little bit of a rethink themselves. But uh, that's all to come. Uh, a bit of excitement maybe at the end of the season when the divisional organising committee actually decide how the league structure will look. But uh, it would be really good to see Vagabonds back in domestic competition next season. It would certainly beef it up a little bit and uh, maybe give the opportunity for more fixtures. But uh, as I say, that uh, playing gap between the two sides at the top of the domestic structure and the sides at the bottom is uh, is quite difficult to plug with a, uh, a fixture structure that really works for everybody. And uh, uh, I've been head-scratching all season about it. And, uh, uh, before, uh, I think a couple of seasons back, just before the COVID pandemic, uh, we had rugby development officer Chris Brannigan, and he was scratching his head just as hard as I have been. So it's, uh, like I said, a difficult problem, but uh, we'll have a crack at it and see how it works out next season. Dave Christian, pleasure as always, and we will now let you enjoy the rest of your trip in continental Europe this weekend. Dave Christian with that report there for uh, Manx Radio on the rugby side of things. Well, uh, Tony, we've just had a messaging, actually, football-related. wonder if you could maybe uh, shed a little bit of light on this one, and we've had. I'll just get this up in front of me in just a moment. Here we go. There it is. Um, Anthony asks, um, he says, Hi there. Um, do we know whether three brothers have scored in the same game for the same side before? because Kieran Jordy and Brandon Krippner scored today for Malou. Do we have any... Can you scratch your head maybe through that mental I, I archive reckon, of yours? I, I can answer that quite easily, I think. And I, I think I'm right. Is uh, Nick Ingham, Steve Ingham and Matt Ingham. It's a long, long time ago for St John's. I'm, I think I'm right. Uh, but uh, you know, there's always been a, a few brothers uh, kicking around. Um, I'll have a, another little think But that one there. When I saw G- Jordan, uh, Brandon... And Kieran come through, I thought, wow, it doesn't happen very uh, often, that one. But um, when you look at uh, the others, you know, you've got five sons who played, uh, was it five sons who played with their dad last season? That was the Gartlands. So uh, well right, done yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, there's so the always, whole picture uh, of them lined up alongside We'll check on that one. I'll find out on Monday, but I think I'm right there. Well, there you go, straight from the archives of uh, Tony Meppen. Well, there. Uh, Tony, we will uh, now uh, let you scamper free for the uh, the rest of your weekend. Thank you very much once again. Okay, just having a look through maybe uh, some of the other sports that have been taking place across the island and off-island as well today. We'll hopefully be catching up uh, with netball matters in the next uh, couple of moments over in uh, Northern Ireland. In fact, before we get to the other matters, let's do that actually because uh, now we've got on the line Emma Williams. She is the coach for the Manx Rams under-17s. The Rams under-17s uh, taking part in day two for them of the uh, Europe Netball under-17 championship and challenge over the Antrim Forum in Belfast. Uh, Emma, very good evening to you here on Manx Radio. How are you? Um, very well, thank you. Yeah, really enjoying ourselves here at no- in Northern Ireland. They're treating us very well. Excellent, fantastic. Well, I was just, that brings me on to, I suppose, my first question, really. It's a bit of a new experience for some of these team members out there at a big competition like this. So how has the team been enjoying the occasion out there? 
Um, I've got to say the Netball Europe competitions under 17 are very friendly. It's quite a nice, nice environment. You meet people from different parts of the world. So at the moment, I've got um, 10 new caps this time. So 10 people have never done this experience before. Um, and I think they're really enjoying themselves. We've had a little bit of time off and we've done some activities with them. They've all been in the uh, the steam room and the sauna and the jacuzzi this morning, just before they're, they're, they've got a match this after, uh, well, this evening at 7.30. So great. It was an intense day yesterday. Had a match first thing yeah. in the morning. Uh, came out on top as well against uh, Gibraltar as well. A great result there. And then you had to wait until later in the evening to take on a Northern Ireland development squad. Uh, a loss there, but there must have been positive to take, d- positives to take um, despite that defeat uh, yesterday evening. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of targeting our group. Um, and the Northern Ireland development is basically additional games and um, the, what, what what happens in those games doesn't go towards any any points or any you know where we finish within the table. So I took that opportunity to put you know my inexperienced players on and let them feel how it is to compete at this level. Um, and I think we achieved what we wanted to achieve for that game. Gibraltar were they came out a lot came out a lot stronger um, than I was expecting, but I think we battled through and showed some true grit in that last quarter. Now, when we uh, caught up with uh, the captain of the uh, Manx Rams under-17s, Mackenzie, and the vice-captain, Poppy, they mentioned that uh, there's a few new faces in the squad this time. So uh, for those who haven't done something like this before, uh, how do you feel that they've been uh, bedding into the whole setup? I think they've done extremely well. I think, you know, I always go away and and I'm really proud of the girls. Um, You know, they act in a mature manner. Um, we make sure that they're all included in the decisions and ensuring that the communication between the team, team manager and, and myself is is nice and direct and also inclusive. Um, they've, they've, it, it can be quite an emotional time um, when you, you, you know, you're not picked to go on, a, on, on court. Um, but I think they've all handled it extremely well this time. So, yeah, I'm really proud of them. I always am proud of the under-17s. They work extremely hard to get to where they are and they always do their best, which is all you can ask. Absolutely. Well, turning to this evening, you're coming up against Switzerland tonight. Uh, That's a quarter past seven start. Uh, Are you expecting anything in particular from the Switzerland side that will be different to the uh, games against the Northern Ireland Development Squad in Gibraltar? Or are you just, as as a squad, just focusing on your own game for this one? I'm expecting sort of Switzerland to be sort of the same level as Gibraltar. Um, what I'm going to be starting a quite an experienced squad, um, and we'll see how it goes, and then we'll sort of rotate our players on so everybody gets a little bit of the experience of playing at this level. Um, they are quite what we call an aerial game. There's a lot of um, sort of high passes, so I'm hoping that someone like Kenzie and Holly in the back will be able to pick those those balls off and we'll be able to score from them. So um, a little bit of focus on ourselves, but we've just got to be mindful of what they're going to put out as well. So we'll see how what happens. I'm quite positive about it. And finally, well, once all is said and done with this tournament, no matter what the results in your upcoming games, obviously tonight against Switzerland and then Republic of Ireland coming up as well uh, this weekend, um, just how important is it going to be for some of these players to uh, the lessons they can take from a tournament like this coming up against international opposition at this early age? It must be a, a very positive thing if you're continuing your career as an netball player. Yeah, I think having this experience and also looking at other teams that, that are on the international stage gives you um, 
uh, something to look forward to um, and also it shows you the, the structure of the, what those players have to do on a regular basis with plays where they're playing. So a lot of the work behind the scenes, you know, all comes together in the tournament. And I'm hopefully a lot of my players will understand all that hard work that we put in at training, where it comes to and what you need to do to become a really good netballer in the future. Well, Emma, we'll let you go. I'm sure you've got uh, plenty to prepare for for the game in uh, just around an hour and a half's time. So thank you very thank much you. for sparing a couple of minutes and all the best to the Rams under-17s for the rest of the weekend. Well, that's us nearly wrapped up here on uh, Saturday Sports Classified. Just maybe a couple of other bits to mention from throughout the day, starting with athletics. It's been a big day for Sarah Aston, who uh, has been crowned the Women's Champion of the English National Cross-Country Championship today after the event taking place over at Bolsworth Castle over in Chester. And it was uh, quite the exciting race. She was uh, battling all the way with Gemma Steele, the former European champion with Aston, eventually taking the finish line first across the line to take the title so congratulations to Sarah it's already uh, it's another addition to what's been a fantastic 2023 so far for Sarah uh, back in January uh, earned a ninth place for England in the Lotto Cross Cup at De Hanut in Belgium and uh, then earlier this month as well uh, for England as well took third place in the Lotto Cross Cup which is also in Belgium on the 12th of February Meanwhile, earlier in the cycling side of things, it was a slightly tougher day for uh, Mark Cavendish out on stage six of the UAE Tour today. He's been battling well with the Astana-Kazakhstan team already, earned himself a fifth and eighth place finish on the respective stages so far. But uh, early heartbreak for uh, Cav at the end of today's stage. Uh, flat tyre with just a kilometre and a half to go on stage six. But that's uh, certainly not going to deter him as they go into the next stage tomorrow with the UAE Tour continuing. Well, that brings to an end Saturday Sport Classified for this evening, Saturday the uh, 25th of February. Thank you very much for joining us for your latest roundup of uh, sporting results across the Isle of Man. We'll now be handing back over to Christy DeHaven over on our FM frequency. So uh, from me, it is a very good evening. Have a wonderful Saturday evening and have a wonderful weekend as well. So until next time, bye for now. Manx Radio Sport. <laughs>